Welcome back, listeners. Uh, Allie, in the first segment there, we just um, covered some GDUs and some some early harvest things here, quick on corn and uh, kind of dry down stage of the crop. Um, then we touched on tar spot quite a bit. And I think just to kind of wrap up that tar spot um, topic here a little bit, uh, as I've made the rounds and ran into this disease, um, some of our producers maybe um, just hadn't really heard a lot about this disease. I know we talked about it quite a bit, quite a bit in winter meetings, Allie, we've been talking about it, but sometimes maybe until you see it or experience it, it's not something that you really understand you know, how severe this could be. And, and um, a lot of growers that maybe didn't know a lot about tar spot, you pointed out, hey, this is something we really got to watch. And, you know, maybe as you talk about some of the risks and, and how um, yield limiting this disease can be and the impact it can have, um, it, it's kind of eye-opening. So as we kind of think about now between next spring, um, you know, one thing I'm telling growers is uh, number one, just to be looking for it. You know, if you see hybrids that are, or fields that have it, um, you know, pretty high severity, you know, logging down the hybrid information, I think is good. You know, just so we can kind of get a, a dialogue to some hybrids show it more than others because we know genetic um, or hybrid selection is a big part of it. Uh, any other considerations you can think of, Allie, as we get through this harvest to, uh, to kind of be looking for and as we prepare for next year for this disease? We talk about looking for it. So as you're in the field, you're not going to be able to wipe off these lesions. So that's a very distinct characteristic. And then even after you've harvested these fields, if you go back and you're looking at some of the residue in those fields, you'll still be able uh, to positively identify tar spot in some of those cases. And I just really wanted to hone on, I guess for me, it's tar spot is, is a disease that can very rapidly spread once it's here. And so hybrid selection is going to be your primary tool. So like you said, we've been out, we've got our head you know, wrapping our head around where this disease has spread into Minnesota this year. So reach out to us as you find it in your fields, your seed, our pioneer sales reps to make sure that, you know, we can position the right products to, to take, not take care of, but head yourself more positively as tar spot continues to progress across the area. Yep. And I think as each season progresses with this disease, the month of August is always going to be the critical time for us. And this year, you know, the weather in August wasn't favorable, but uh, that scouting your fields, just poking your nose out there looking for this disease is going to be important because like we've said so many times, the progression of this disease in five to seven to 12 days, um, you know, if you think you see it out there and come back two weeks later, in some cases it could be too late. That's how big of a deal it is. But um, so yeah, good segment there, uh, Allie. Uh, soybean harvest, uh, early Soybean harvest underway in most cases, we're seeing the early maturity beans that were planted early, uh, ready to go. However, with the weather, we're progressing right into mid group ones already. And I expect by maybe the first of next week, well, even the group twos, I think everything will be ready. Um, any early take on the soybean observations, uh, Allie, you know, yields coming in maybe as expected, underperforming, overperforming, what's kind of the general vibe out there? I think actually yields um, kind of west of 52 that I cover I am pleasantly surprised. So yields are maybe a tick better than I had originally thought they might be across the area. So that's really nice to see. Uh, very positive in terms of the early beans. And like you said, we have moved into even some of those, some of those mid-group ones. This wind, especially this week, I think is continuing to progress things along. Um, but I know you and I, we had several conversations um, as we came down the stretch this growing season of you know, what was maybe going to hold a little more yield? Some of these early planted, early maturity beans were some of our later maturity uh, beans going to hold on a little bit better. But, you know, we'll see as we get into some of those later ones. But so far, I, I would say I'm pleasantly surprised. How about your take as you get east of 52? Yeah, I would say similar. Um, there's been some very, very good yields. There's still some variability out there, uh, whether it be from some agronomic challenges or I think some moisture variability is still kicking in. 
Um, it will be interesting as we continue to climb up the maturity ladder of beans. Uh, some of these early beans have put up some really good numbers where um, as we get to, you know, late group one or early group two, um, you know, going to have to yield very well to, to keep pace with these early ones. And that's, that, that'll just be interesting. Can we see a maturity yield increase? Is it going to be kind of a flat line? Could there be a dip in the yield there? That's probably still to be seen. But uh, I would say overall maybe exceeding expectations a little bit just based on the dry weather we had uh, down the stretch. And, and the other thing as we do get into soybean harvest is um, it is crazy how closely these beans are maturing, even from a, like a 0.9 to a 2.1. It's only going to probably be, you know, maybe what, 10-day gap between they're both ready. But uh, I always say too, with soybean yields, we got good weather. We just got to stay after them. Ideally, once those beans get, uh, you know, harvest moisture, let's just say, you know, 12, 13%, we'd like to get them the first time to get there so we don't go through a rain cycle. In most cases, every time we go through a rain cycle and a, a bean swells and contracts back, we just tend to use, lose yield in those fields. So, you know, staying on top of it, but I think in some cases it's going to be a, a challenge for how quickly things are maturing. I think by next week, we're just going to have to just keep, keep moving through it as fast as we can. And, uh, but overall, yeah, early results are good. And, um, yeah, now it's just uh, hopefully that trend continues throughout the, the region. And I think one more thing just on the early bean side of things as we maybe come into the end of the show today. Um, a lot of questions as I talked to folks early that about some of these early maturity beans coming off. What are some of the reasons that would make a person look at implementing you know, early beans planted early across their operation? Yeah, well, I think the first thing is just looking at the calendar and when we're, we started harvesting them. Um, you know, I don't know what the first day we started beans was, Allie, but it might have been around the 16th, 17th of September, give or take a day or two there. Um, you know, the big reason for me is, is we've had some challenging falls is what can we do to spread out, you know, the workload? How can we add more harvest days to the fall? And uh, that, that's one of the biggest driving factors of, of just getting those beans out before the weather turns and then just really shift and focus to corn. And the other side, we're seeing good yields from. I mean, if we can start this early with these kind of yields, um, also some agronomic um, implications where if we can, you know, maybe manage some mite wool with early beans planted early, uh, there's a lot of advantages there, but uh, um, a lot of good things. And um, yeah, hopefully the weather stays good, Allie. And, and uh, next week we can talk about a whole bunch more harvest information, hopefully talk about some really corn yields as well. And uh, be sure to tune in then. You've been listening to Today in Agronomy on KFIL AM 1060. If you've missed part of the show or want to hear more, check out the show page at kfilradio.com or with the 103.1 KFIL app. Stay connected with Allie and Josh on Twitter. It's at Allie G-Wise, W-I-S-E, and at Josh Schaffner to submit your questions for the show. Tune in next Wednesday for the next Today in Agronomy on KFIL AM 1060. We'll see you at 11 a.m.